Hey, this is Boye Luokan, linebacker with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you're watching For the Athlete. You're listening to For the Athlete, a podcast aimed at humanizing the athlete by giving them a platform to control their own narrative and tell their life stories. As always, here's your host, Brooks Huber. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of For the Athlete. I'm your host, Brooks Huber. And today we have an amazing guest. I don't even know if I would call him a guest anymore. We've had him so many times over the years. Welcome back onto the show, Jaguars linebacker, Foye Luokin. Foye, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Just uh, getting through this offseason, uh, getting back to training and stuff, uh, getting ready for that next year. Yeah, what's like an average day looking like for you in the offseason? Uh, right now, just wake up, get your bearings, eat, um, work out, uh, go home and, and chill or Right now, I kind of read. I just came home from Missouri from uh, seeing my family, my mom, my, my mom and dad and brother. Some guys go on vacation and stuff, but I'm getting back in the swing of things with working out. There we go. Well, hey, that's great that you're able to see your family. Uh, we've got a lot of things to cover, some things to go over from our last conversation. Um, if you guys haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. Uh, you m- mentioned it potentially meeting up with Nets owner Joe Sy last offseason to discuss front office because you're interested in that post-NFL. Were you able to make that happen? I saw I didn't meet with him personally, but he set up um, me being able to kind of shadow people in the front office for a couple of days. Uh, then I went up to a Nets game during the bye week, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, it's a good group they have up there. Uh, kind of seeing the inside scoop here in the, uh, you know, it was right before the draft too. So I was kind of seeing how they operate or talk about players and stuff. Uh, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, what was like your biggest takeaway from it? Um, just the constant evaluation. I, football is a little different evaluation, but they take in um, a lot of measurables, analytics, just like they do a football player. But just the way they go about uh, evaluating these guys is, uh, and then you know what they're trying to do with the team. Uh, it's it's pretty cool to see. So after that meeting, that kind of cemented you wanting to go into that post NFL career, or how are you feeling about it right now? I mean. It, if I can get my foot in the door, it's still open. Like, I still got football to play. So uh, it's, an, it's an avenue I, I w- would want to explore. I know it's hard to really get into that, you know, without real basketball background since high school. Um, but, you know, I do know if I get my foot in the door anywhere, regardless of what sport it would be, um, I can make it happen. Well, yeah, I mean, you obviously have many years left in your career. Um, I also do want to touch about on your basketball career because my good friend Caden had talked to me after our first episode and he was like, you should have talked more about basketball. He seemed like he was really interested in basketball. I'm like, hey, you know what? You're right. That's on me. But yeah, you mentioned you had a real passion for basketball at a young age. I mean, and that you were good at it, too. Was that something you ever considered playing in college? Yeah, all the way up until senior year, really. Uh, you do all the tournaments, all the AAU tournaments. And uh, it's, it's harder to get recruited for basketball. There's only 13 guys on the team, maybe. Uh, and all those kids out there playing and then. I didn't grow up past uh, six two, so I was a pretty. That's good hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of probably went to a smaller D one school at the end of the day, or D three or whatever. You know, kept playing. But you know, you know, people for football really, really wanted me, and people for basketball were recruiting me. So you know, just make the smarter decision there. Like, I mean, hey, know, that I, makes a difference, right? Yeah, I want to go and play right away. I was able to start at Yale. They game one. Uh, I went to Yale to play basketball. I probably wouldn't. Have, Seeing good, good playing time, how you were saying in high school, you play every minute, uh, probably until junior year. And then the Yale basketball team kept getting it better while, while I was there. 
Uh, so I made the right decision at the end of the day, but uh, I do I like playing basketball for a hobby now. Yeah, do you guys play any pickup games with the Jaguars? Um, not a lot of pickup games, especially now that I'm getting a little older. The joints and stuff, switching services. Um, we played one early in the off season, just because everybody likes to talk about how good they are at basketball. But the effort isn't there <laughs> for me. I, I really don't try at all during those games like I did my first two years with the Falcons. I was really out there, you know, hooping. And now I kind of just you know, get some rebounds, let the uh the game go up and down. Just really try not to do anything stupid out there. Uh, You're kind of treating it like an NBA All Star game. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what it is. We just have fun running up and down the court. Um, but you know, it's it's something I have to give up. But I'm sure I'll be. I want to get join a men's league when I'm back done playing and my weight goes back down probably to my natural weight. And uh, I have men's soccer league too, just to stay active and run into stuff. I won't give him my best effort. Do you ever play soccer growing up? Or is that yeah, something? I was my first sport. Okay. Athlete, yeah, that was my first sport. I was pretty, you know, pretty heavy duty on that too, going all out of town tournaments. I think we were ranked top five in the nation as a team one time. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was it was, uh, it was a lot. We did a lot of sports growing up. So football wasn't your first love, but at the end it was your last love, how you yeah, made it all the way to the NFL. sports, yeah. I just like yeah. whatever the sport's going to be. I like baseball too. So, yeah. Well, hey, I mean, let's talk about this season. You got a pick six on Derek Carr versus the Saints. I remember seeing that on TV, jumping up and down. I'm like, that's Foyer. That's Foyer. Walk me through that play and how much it meant to you because that was your first ever pick six. Yeah. Um, it was cool. Uh, we just played a quarters coverage. I, I knew, I think I was on the lava from three. He went, a deep drag across the middle. I knew he was trying to clear me out for something. And then the dig was backside. I tried to explode back to my left. Uh, D will was there. Good coverage broke it up. And then the ball was in the air. So I caught it, you know, there's people under my feet. So I kind of raised my knees up. So I land on the receiver who just fell. Uh, and then all of a sudden I had a running space. I was going to try to run to the sideline now, but there was a defender there. I remember Trey was uh, in front of that guy. So I kind of set the block. And all the big guys were inside. So as soon as I saw the big guys running, I'm like, oh, let's get back outside. Bounce it outside. I, it's just, uh, I was running for like maybe five hours. I, like, I can score here if I, you know, turn this corner. So I turned the corner, got to the pylon, and I was about to extend it. You know how that went from the, from the Ravens? And I said, no, I can't extend oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's how people fumble. So I kept the ball in um, close to my chest and uh, just dove for the pylon there. Yeah, there has been a lot of instances this year. Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, Zay Flowers were there trying to do a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And you're so, like, hey, let me just control what yeah, I can Yeah, you already got there. the pick or whatever. Um, you know, the momentum is going to take you to the end zone for the most part. So you really have, to, unless you're just fourth down or something, as a defender, the defender, you really have to extend that ball unless you just are very sure you're going to get over. Because that would be the most traumatic thing, I think, if you're right there and then you fumble into the end zone and now all of a sudden you're back on defense. And the whole I mean, team looking at you like you messed up. That's almost like a 14-point swing, too. Yeah. Because then bad. you lose that's... the ball. And <laughs> some people want to choose or change that rule. But I'm saying, I mean, why would you reward the offense from trying to do that? I mean, what's your yeah. opinion on people saying they want to the change that's, that? That's the rule. What are you going to change it to? Like, they get the ball back or something? Yeah. Yeah. They say, like, oh, you get back where you fumble from. I don't like that at all. What if the offense recovers? Like with the defense recovered, then the defense gets the ball. Oh, yeah, like fumble out the end zone. Then. No, it's a safety. People are, yeah, it, yeah. Or well, 
I guess, well, if you're going to the end zone turnover, as a receiver. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it should be a touchback because why would you reward losing the ball, right? right? I mean, that's why we have out of bounds. Yeah, and, yeah. Exactly. So. so, I mean, people are trying to say, hey, this should be a – I like the rule, especially yeah. from a defensive standpoint. Right. Yeah, what was their reaction in the locker room on the sideline after that pick? Um, I was really calm. I think everybody else was hype around me, but kind of the world slowed down. Uh, kind of felt like high school again when I was right into the end zone. Um, I was – I just knew that I didn't want to celebrate too much because we we're going to go right back on the field. And then they went hurry up as soon as we got on the field. So, yeah, they, they marched down on us. I don't know if we held them to a field goal or a touchdown, but they went hurry up on us because they knew we were tired. So, uh, yeah, we could have done better there. But uh, in the locker room, everybody was hyped. It was it was cool to, to kind of look back on it and be like, oh, yeah, you scored. You had a big six and stuff. Yeah. Guy that had one since what, high school. I haven't scored that's tough. So, yeah, you didn't even at Yale, too, because you were, what, like a safety and a corner at Yale? Mm-hmm. Doing yeah, it all? Picks, but couldn't get, couldn't find the end zone. I mean, hey, that's a hard thing to do unless you're Jerron Bland. So, <laughs> he kind of, he's kind of a magnet there. But, right. I mean, you, you mentioned you were calm on the sideline there. You got nominated by the Jaguars for the Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. How much does that mean to you? And are, are you not talking trash on the sideline? I mean, come on, you got you to talk no, talk, right talk back. trash to guys who talk trash to me. <laughs> But um, at the end of the day, we're all competing. Uh, so, you know, people get, you know, in the moment, like to rile, rile, like, unless you're saying something personal about my personal life, like that you probably don't know because I don't speak a lot about my personal life. Um, there's not really much that can really affect me to get me all riled up. Uh, at the end of the day, it's about respect. You disrespect me, like, I feel like it's real disrespect towards my game where you don't respect me as a competitor. Then I might, you know, jaw back and forth. But, um, I understand just the the flows of the game and the competitive juices, so I'm not really worried about people talking trash. Because I'll, I'll talk trash too, but um, I probably do it a different way than like attacking somebody's you know character and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, and I, I just like competing. I think that's really what the coaches may maybe not nominated before just the work ethic and the competitive spirit. I'm trying to win every play, every down. I mean, that's a big accomplishment you got from your coaches and. Mm-hmm. Out of you know all the people you play, players that you played against, who's like the most respectful but like best trash talker in your opinion? Trash talker. I think Lamar's just funny. Like he just <laughs> he just acts like you know he's he's kind of nice. Just like like he'll laugh and stuff because you know, he he knows when he's doing well. And then like if you're you're trying to get, I remember one of our guys missed a sack on him, um, and then he threw a, a bomb to the left side, and then the guy was like. Our guy was like, how do you keep doing that? He's just laughing it off like, yeah, like he just understands how good he is. So I, I, I respect that for him because he's like, you, you can try all you want, but you can't really stop me right now when he's in his little zone. So that's pretty cool to me. I don't like a couple of guys when they go about trash talking. I'm not going to get into their name. Oh, yeah. Stuff, I don't like yeah, we, at all. We like to keep it positive on you. We only need to shed that negative light. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. Lamar was on an absolute tear this season. Mm-hmm. Um, some people maybe thought he shouldn't have gotten MVP. Some people thought he should have gone to CMC or Tyree Kill or. No, I, mean, I mean, they should have gotten Lamar. The best record, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah, best regular mm-hmm. season record. Yeah, so they're one game away from the Super Bowl. Obviously, he didn't play his best game that game, but for the whole season, I mean, it's a full season award. He had, he had the best season. First, McGavry had a great season, too, but. Lamar, I mean, he's the offense. He, he was their 
the whole regional offense goes. So the 49ers had a lot, a lot of talent over there. Uh, obviously, different people had beat games at different times. Uh, obviously, when you have Rock Purdy up for it and Christian McCaffrey, that usually means that one of them is not going to get it. Both guys are MVP candidates. And it's the most valuable player. Like you're clearly sharing the spotlight. So Lamar is the whole spotlight of the Ravens. He's probably going to win the MVP. So, yeah. So you think the Niners having two candidates ended up hurting hurt, them hurt in the end? Yeah. Okay. You know how can if you're you got to be your your team's most valuable player. So you're saying that if Christian didn't get it, Rock's going to get it. That means you're not the most valuable to the. the to your team, you might be, but for the whole league, you're probably not. Yeah, I never thought about that way. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that way. Okay, so that's an interesting spin to put on that. That does make sense, and I can see why. Lamar was almost unanimous, too, for the second mm-hmm. time in his career, which right. was really amazing to see. Um, well, let's now talk about Jaguars again. We love this Lamar talk. But you ended up playing the Falcons this year, your old team. And, of course, you know, you did your thing. You beat them. What was what was it like going against your old team? Do you end up talking to some of your your friends who are playing on the Falcons? How did that all go about? Yeah, I had some some friendly banter with some of the guys on offense. Um, you know, we they they weren't moving the ball on us that much on offense, so it was uh, easy. I I didn't really have to say much. Like, yeah, maybe a couple words here and there. Um, you're obviously going to get your old coaches. Uh, you know, saying hi to them real quick before the game. I don't really go outside before the game, but like during that team warm up. Uh, definitely a couple of them up. Then after the game, uh, went to go talk to them. Then they all texted me after the game. But uh, it, it was it was fun. Uh, not a lot of bad blood there. A lot of respect towards them. Uh, it was, I was I definitely wanted to get that win. And then we had uh, Calvin on our team too, who also you know came from them. So we definitely wanted to get that that win together. Yeah, you guys played together, right? Um, yeah. with the Falcons at the same yeah, time. We okay, yeah. Same okay, yeah. So you guys rookies together. You have that special bond. So that was your second game in London this year. When you decided to go to the Jaguars, you had to have known that, hey, these guys play in London every year. Like, they're London's team. Yeah. Does, does that bother bother you, throwing you off your, you off your schedule, going to London? I think it's a great experience. having two games? It's a great experience. Um, I like it. I like it. It's uh, not the best travel experience, but it's in terms of, being able to go overseas and, and me not paying for it. I love it. You know, uh, <laughs> you, you stay kind of far from the city, but you might have a day to go down there uh, because we stayed down there for a week. I went down there a couple of times, uh, one for a Jaguars event, you know, uh, one for a soccer game. And then one time just on my own, just um, I think everybody goes to the malls there or whatever for, for a night. But, you know, you have curfews and stuff. So you got to get back into to your hotel. So it's not like you really spend a whole bunch of time, you know, going crazy over there, but it's just cool to see different culture, different, different city. And, and then just understanding the history of, of that city really, you know, our Northeast, they, they tried to copy paste from, you know, London from other, other European cities. Like it's really the resemblance is you can't miss it. It's like, Oh, but this is here. <laughs> very many years earlier than the United States had even, you know, found it. So um, it's just cool to see, cool to think about. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, you're going to be going there a lot more. I'm pretty sure you're going there next year. I haven't looked, but I'm just going to make that assumption because the Jaguars are always there. And you're able to get the win. Um, I didn't watch 
the Falcons game just because, you know, that's 6.30 a.m. in the yeah. morning where I'm from. But um, I'm glad you got the win there. And, I mean, let's talk more about this season. Um, again, you were snubbed at the Pro Bowl, and every year, I don't know if your opinion changes on if you get more frustrated, but I get more frustrated because I see you leading the league in tackles or being right up there every single year. And I'm like, what else more do you have to do? Yeah, we had to win more games. We, was, we I think I was going to be right there. Uh, heading into that backstretch this season when Bowden was, I think, at his peak, and then we lost thing four straight, I think. Uh, so that definitely hurt. And I already know how it goes for us, for, for the Jaguars in general. Like, unless we're winning games, top of the league, we're not going to get the recognition individually that we might maybe all deserve. So um, losing those games at that time definitely hurt us at the te- as a team. One, to make the playoffs, that's the most important. And then two, those individual awards or whatever we're trying to try to get. So I know when we win, if we win the whole thing, everything's going to fall into place. So that's really all I can keep worrying about. I think when I start worrying about, oh, I might actually make the Pro Bowl this year, you know, uh, this is another thing clowning the mind. Just, just go out there and play football and win, uh, and everything's going to work out. I think that's going to be my whole mindset all next year. I'm not really caring about, you know, individual accolades and stats because I know when you win, if you're the top defense, you're going to get all the – everybody's going to be first team everything. You know, if you get in the Super Bowl, people are going to have to recognize it as you guys are good. So, uh, at the end of the day, if we make it that far, I probably did my thing anyway because the only way we can – make it that far just for playing well. So let's do that. Most humble player in the league, I swear. I swear you're the most humble player in the league. I mean, that's awesome. Let's talk now about, like you mentioned, you guys kind of had a skit at the end of the year. Lost four straight, lost five out of six. I mean, can, can you take me through that whole thing? Because, I mean, as on the outside looking in, you guys were fresh off that win against the Texans and CJ Stroud. You guys were flying high. Yeah. What happened? I mean, I just think um, earlier in the year we were we were winning. I mean, we have a lot of talent, a lot of good ability in the in the on the team. Uh, we might have let things slide that we were getting away with, but we were winning. And then all of a sudden, you know, you come off an emotional win like that Texans win. Might get I forgot who we played next. We get punched them out of the game. We feel like would definitely you know put us in a driver's position. You know, people people everybody watches, especially when you're winning. People starting to watch more, see how to beat you. Um, they kept on attacking the things that we were weak at. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, we weren't correcting the things while we were winning. And then, you know, going to the downward spiral, uh, it's hard to get out of it when when it's not really, you know, your ethos yet because, um, you know, you were getting away with it earlier. So, uh, noticed it a little too late. We tried to get ourselves out the hole, but – you know, that momentum, I guess, if you want to say that word, was uh, already there. Uh, it was tough for us, uh, just find, trying to find the positivity, some light to, to get us through. But that's not the way to, to play football in the NFL. You don't want to get through the season. You don't want to get to the playoffs. You want to be peaking at the right time at the end of the season uh, for the playoffs. So um, we didn't deserve to get in the way we were playing, uh, but we had to take it as a learning experience and, and prepare the right way all the way through the season next year. So those things that when you guys were winning, you kind of got away with, and then when the losing streak kind of started, are you guys focused on correcting that this season? Is yeah, that a coach I mean, emphasis? You, you try to better yourselves every season. At the end of the year, at the end of the day, we were nine and eight, so it's a technically you weren't bad. You know, you, you had a. Bit so you guys of, had a, you guys were good. You guys had a good yeah. team. 
you know, it's technically a win a year, so it's not we, we weren't bad at all. Um, I think shoot the team that made the playoffs probably had the same record as just I think. Did they have one more win in Texas? Um, I think it was the same. No, I yeah. I, I think they I think they had they ended up yeah, all the thing. But um, we were right there, just correcting things here and there, and then bringing the right mindset to the games. Um, winning and losing is a little, very little difference between wins and losses in the NFL. It's just, you know, correcting stuff and staying with the right mentality all the way through the year. That's a great way to look at it. Um, you know, speaking of the Texans and the Colts, uh, you're going to be playing against these really young, good quarterbacks for the next how many years? How, how do you go up against those guys, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and I guess Will Levis now? Um, prepare like, you know, I've I played against premier guys my whole career. Um, prepare like they are those guys. Um, at the end of the day, it's a divisional game, so those games kind of count as two. Uh, you beat them, they go down the game, you go up the game. Um, they're, they're basically must win games, and then if you have that must win preparation, um, you know they each bring different talents. You know Richardson's a bigger guy, cannon arm, can run, great athlete. Uh, you know you have to be able to be on your assignment football for him because he can pull it and run at any time, or you can you know virtually throw a game. Levis, uh, going to be well. I'll see how they play him next year. You know they probably won't have Derrick Henry. So we'll see how what kind of quarterback he becomes if he's a drop back passer, if he's still this play action RPO guy. Uh CJ, you know, he can he has that second second play ability where, you know, they, they run kind of quick elementary routes first play. And then that same play, as soon as that breaks down, they all turn and run upfield really far and he can chuck it a mile. So <laughs> he extends the play to uses his feet to extend the play and can find throwing lanes and you know, he's a great talent, you know, similar to that Mahomes type. Uh, quarterback that everybody's trying to become now. Um, yeah, so just keep preparing as if, you know, it's it's our playoff mentality during all those, what's it called, divisional games, because it really is. Uh, you win all of them, you're probably going to be in the playoffs. We obviously lost two at the end there, and then we missed the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, each game is important, though. Yeah, you mentioned how the Titans, they probably won't have Derrick Henry. Let's play GM now. I want you... We're going to talk about the Bears because they're not in your conference. I don't even know when you play them. And you want to be a GM one day. What would you do if you were the Bears? You have the first overall pick. You have a lot of picks. You have Justin Fields. I protect what Justin are you doing? Fields. I mean, everybody seems to like him. I think he has good arm talent, good able quarterback. I don't know how well he learns playbooks and stuff because I'm over here. So I think that's what I would really need to see first. Um, but in terms of the talent that he has, I, I feel like he could learn the playbook. Um, it's all about timing, getting the throws down, having confidence in himself. But I think giving him a little bit extra time in that pass game, hopefully he can make things shake. So I'm going the first, either I'm trading it for more picks to get bolster up my line, either trading and then trading to get a premier lineman offensively and defensively. Um, that's what I'd probably do. But I don't know who I don't know Justin Fields. I don't know is I don't know how he works up there. But from what I've seen, he's good games. I know he has the capability to. Yeah, so you're thinking trade back, maybe take, or if you're at one still, do you take Marvin Harrison then? Oh, does he have no receivers there? I don't know who the Bears have. Well, I mean, I they have just they have DJ Moore and I guess Darnell Mooney, but I mean, you don't need. I mean, it depends on you need Marvin. Like you go if I can get. 
two early round picks for my one pick. You know, what Marvin Harrison is one receiver, but how many times do we see um, other, like if I have more talent, I can, one of them's going to hit. Marvin Harrison, right. he might hit. Is he going to be the generational player? We don't know. He might be. He probably will be. But that's just one. If I could get multiple guys for my one pick, because I think a lot of people really want this number one pick to get that. Oh, my goodness. So many people that do. Caleb. So I yeah. can really make a whole package for this and give me quality receivers or quality, you know, that's just what I think. Because, you know, you're banking on one guy. A lot of times you bank on one guy. You don't turn out to be the, the – franchise guy that you always wanted or you know injuries happen too so no hopefully mm -hmm. nothing that would ever happen to marvin harrison but um i just want more i want first of all i want better at proven guy already somebody's already played that i know is good i had nfl film watch and then maybe you know two two college guys who i can take a chance on see i like the way you're thinking about it i'm thinking the same way because right now, if you put Caleb Williams in that offense, it's probably not going to thrive anyways. Why not continue to build around Justin Fields? And plus, why would you draft a quarterback when your head coach is on the hot seat? Because if you have one bad season, mm -hmm. now you're bringing a whole new coaching staff. And will they like Caleb Williams? How will that all mesh out? I yeah. think that's what people aren't thinking about either. Because um, I think when they kept Matt Eberflus for another year, mm -hmm. I felt like that kind of showed me, okay, I think they're kind of committed to Justin Fields. Or else why would you do that? Why yeah. wouldn't you just go fresh from scratch? But I, I love talking to GM with you. It, it's a lot of fun. I have a great time with it. Um, last one is keeper walk, Josh Allen on the Jaguars. I would love to keep him. I don't know what the – he's just a good guy. You know, he's one of my best friends in the team. Um, I would love to keep him. I think that we're good for each other, uh, just the way that we can talk about ball or just talk about life. Uh, he's a good talent. And uh, I think with the new GC, my, uh, the new coordinator is going to love, uh, you know, using them in the scheme. So obviously he deserves all the money he's going to ask for. It's not ask for, you know, crazy, 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 crazy amounts. But, uh, you know, I, I want him here. So I'm sure they'll find a way. If they don't, you know, he's getting everything he needs. He, he, he deserves it uh, from his game. So it's a win-win for him, but I would like to quit. Yeah, the Jaguars fans that I've talked to, they're worried that he might not be able to stay. And I'm really hoping he does. He had a career year. Yeah. Have you talked to him at all about the upcoming situation? No, like what you business. went through that, personally? That part, yeah, that part's business. I mean, I left the Falcons. I, I never thought I'd leave the Falcons, to be honest with you. Um, coaching staff changed, and he's been through many coaches. So, and then, uh, you know, what they were, you know, they had some cap. It's all, the, it's all the business part. So, like I said, if he ends up leaving, I know he's getting what he deserves from the game. If he ends up staying, hopefully they gave him what he deserves as well. Um, but it's his life to live, so I can't really stay, stay or go, but I would like to play with him. Yeah, I only have one more question for you. And, I mean, that's what does the future hold for you in the NFL and outside? Do you anticipate, do you want to retire as a Jaguar? Do you want to maybe go back to Atlanta? I, Eventually, not not within the next like three four years, but I'm saying, you know, down the line, what do you think? Three four years, we'll see how I'm feeling in four years. But uh, uh, well, retires a jag. I, I definitely always want to play for for coaches who respect me, for my teammates who respect me. Uh, you know, I would definitely, you know, Jaguars keep having faith in me to keep playing. Definitely love to play for them. But at the end of the day, it's always a, it's always a business thing. So uh, if they feel like they need to go younger. 
or get other positions bolstered up and stuff. I understand, uh, you know, that, that decision there because obviously we did not win the Super Bowl, so it's always an equation trying to find the team best to get to that point. Uh, me personally, I, I, I like to play for, for coaches that believe in me. So, uh, you know, they, they they have that faith in me that they want to bring me uh, back, obviously. Um, I would love to do it. I want to keep being the leader that I am. I love the number that I wear here. Um, it's a lot of pluses playing in Jacksonville. Um, 23 is a good number. Great number. Uh, not, I, like, <laughs> I like familiarity, and I, I, I've become kind of attached to coaches that go on a limb and, and uh, say they have that faith in me and, and that first to me so uh, I, I don't ever want to let nobody down what I played for so I'll leave it at that that's an amazing mindset uh, that's all I have for you is there anything else you want to talk about I'm, I'm pretty good that was, that was a pretty good podcast hey I appreciate well, every single time we get better the first time was about four years ago I just recruited you to the Cowboys the entire time <laughs> so we got that we got that you remember that one yeah, of course yeah once Dan Quinn went over yeah, you know, hey, that's on me. That wasn't too professional. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, then the next time, I didn't bring up basketball again. Sorry, Caden. You'll be watching this, so I'm sorry about that. And, you know, this time I feel like we we wrapped it all up good, and uh, hopefully uh, we can get you on next year. It'll be a contractor, so you know I'll have some hard-hitting questions for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. All right, well, I'm your host, Brooks Huber, signing off until next week. Thank you for listening to the Foyer Lewican episode for the athlete thanks for listening to for the athlete as always be on the lookout for another athlete appearance next week make sure to follow us on instagram youtube tiktok and wherever you listen to podcasts